0: Welcome to the Rabbi Greenberg Show, the podcast that brings Jewish knowledge to you. Many people have asked the question, why does Judaism insist that the Messianic Age will be ushered in by Mashiach, the Messiah? Why does it have to come through a human being? And who says it has to? Well, it's very clear from many of the biblical Verses about the messianic age that it will be a human being ushering in this glorious age Uh, Especially if you look in the book of Isaiah chapter 11 It's very clear the way he describes the personality of Mashiach That he will be the one to usher in the messianic age or as we call it the Geula the redemption Maimonides, who codifies all of Jewish law, makes it very clear. He quotes two biblical verses, one biblical verse in the end of Deuteronomy, which talks about how the Jewish people will be brought back from their dispersion throughout the diaspora to the land of Israel. It doesn't mention that they'll come through Mashiach in that particular verse. But in the earlier verse in the book of Numbers, in the prophecy of the heathen prophet Bilam. It makes it very clear, I see him but not close, not near. He's referring to him, a person who will bring about all the changes that the messianic age will feature. And it's very clear from that and hundreds of other sources and Jewish belief for millennia that the Mashiach is a person, a human being, a flesh and blood, just like any other human being. But this human being is a very special human being, to put it mildly, and he will be the one to make the world change and usher in the utopian age of redemption. So the question that many people have asked, why do we have to believe in a human Mashiach? Instead, about 200 years ago when the enlightenment, the secularization of religion took place, the first victim, you could say, the first casualty of the secularization of Judaism, was rejecting the belief in a Mashiach, instead replacing it with a evolutionary idea that the world will eventually evolve into a better world, into a utopian world. And of course, that is totally rejected by Jewish theology, by the Torah, in so many different places, that Mashiach is a person, who will usher in a messianic age. And people have a problem with that. Everyone believes in a messianic age. I don't care how secular, I don't care how heretical they may be, that they deny everything else in Judaism, everything else in religion. But one thing that they do have to admit to, that there is going to be a change. Humanity will evolve into something different, even the most evil of ideologies, Nazism, Communism, both were messianic beliefs. Why is that? I believe that psychologically a human being is designed to have hope for the future. Otherwise, if we didn't believe that the future will get better, that somehow we will have a world in which we don't have all the ills that we have today, that is what motivates people to develop ideologies that are crazy and radical and evil. But they're based on the fact that a human being has to believe in a messianic age. But why does it have to come through a Mashiach? Why does it have to come through an individual who will usher in that age? That's the general question. And of course, if you look in the past and you look at great leaders, so many of the leaders of the past were corrupt people, people who were certainly not messianic figures. So why do we, put our trust in a human being? That's the general question. So if I want to give an answer to this question, the general answer is, in few words, that every movement in history, evil or good, has been ushered in by an individual, a charismatic individual, a great leader, an inspiring individual who was able to galvanize the people of his society, of his country, of his city, whatever the situation may be, and be able to lead them into a new era, Every major change. If you look in Jewish history, of course, we know that who started off the Jewish people? It started with Abraham, a charismatic figure, a very dynamic figure who went from city to city spreading the word that there is one God, and he is the one who changed the whole direction of the world. If a person asks which individual made the most dramatic changes in the world in all of history, there'd be a few candidates for that, but one of them would certainly be Abraham. And if it's not Abraham, then it's Moses who delivered the Torah to the Jewish people from God, and in the presence of millions of Jews in the desert, he established the master plan for the universe, the implementation of the teachings of the Torah for the Jewish people, and by extension, the Noahide commandments that teaches civilization how to live their lives in a civilized manner to the rest of humanity. So Moses made this cataclysmic change in the world, a spiritual change that gave the world direction. And then of course you have Kings David and Solomon, and throughout history you have great individuals who ushered in periods and eras of development, of growth, of change. So why should, the coming of Mashiach be any different, it makes a lot of sense that it would happen through the efforts of one very powerful spiritual individual. That's the the simple answer. But I want to go a little bit deeper into this. But first I want to just present the fact that if you look at all the different religions and cultures and ideologies, you could divide messianism into three categories. There are those religions who believe that God is the one who makes the messianic age happen, that it's God and it's our connection to God by accepting, and this is the religion that believes that their savior is God, and therefore if you accept that savior, that will bring about the redemption, that will bring about the messianic age. Then, of course, there's the secular messianism that I mentioned before, like communism that believes that society will evolve into a better age, And then there's the third belief, that is, that the Messianic age will happen through the efforts of an individual, the Mashiach, which ostensibly is what the Jewish belief is. But I'd like to submit that the truth of the matter is that Judaism is a combination of all three. And let me explain why each one individually does not suffice. Take, for example, the belief that God is going to do it. So the question is, then why didn't he do it until now? Where was he until now? What is he waiting for? Is he waiting for everyone to embrace God, that version of God? Then it'll never happen. Based on everything that we know from society, that you're never going to get the whole world to agree just by virtue of some individual telling people that this is what they have to believe in. So, the, the answer would be well, God can make people change. Well, let him do it. Where was he until now? Why does he let the world live the way it exists, the way it exists, with all the pain and suffering, all the evil and all the violence, and all the pogroms and Holocaust and, and wars? If God is the one who could control humanity, let him do it. Well, Judaism says, no, that's not true. God does not control humanity because God himself says, I want humanity to decide on its own, based on the teachings of the Torah, of course, how to choose the right things. I want the human beings, I want humanity to make the difference. But anyhow, that theory that God will do it single-handedly will not be a good theory because... Why hasn't he done it until now? And if he has the power to make the changes, then where was he until now? And what is our role? What, what does he need us for? The second approach, the secular approach to messianism, that it's going to evolve, well, we don't have to argue very very long to dispute that, to refute that. Just look at what happened in the 20th century. Arguably the most advanced century in civilization and history we came with the greatest of inventions continuing into the 21st century. And look what happened in the 20th century. The two worst ideologies in all of human history that wreaked havoc and murdered more people than ever in the past were Nazism and communism. And let no one make any mistake, communism is one of the greatest evils of all times, even though on paper it might sound good, but it's an evil because what it does is essentially denies God And denies that the human being is really capable of doing good on his own without having the government do everything for him. But I'm not going to go into a critique of communism right now. Suffice it to say, it's a murderous ideology, no different really from Nazism. I'm not going to go into the debate which was worse. Of course, I believe that the Nazis were worse than the communists. But in terms of the effects on the world, they were both terribly destructive. Is that the way the world is going to evolve? What guarantee is there that let's say in the late 21st century or the mid-21st century, the world suddenly becomes a beautiful world. Every country has made peace with every other country. The UN is really doing what it's supposed to be doing, uniting all the nations. Everything is so beautiful. And then one day, one very charismatic, very powerful individual, decides, you know what? I don't like the way the world is going. I want to control the world. And little by little, he begins to develop a resistance force against the utopian world. And he starts another another Nazi organization, another communist organization, and whatever new ideology people could concoct. And then the whole world is then, again, thrown into a chaotic situation of evil forces trying to change and reverse the gains of the future. What guarantee is there that humanity will evolve irreversibly into a better world? There is no such guarantee. So then we're left with a third option that Mashiach will do it, a person will do it. Well, then how do we how do we have the power? How does one person have the power to do all that? And what guarantee is there? that another evil person, another person who may be evil, will come along and reverse what the good person does. The truth of the matter is that Judaism is a combination of all three. God created the world with a master plan, and this master plan is the Torah, and when this master plan is implemented, it will change the world irreversibly because God's presence is invited into the world by the performance of every mitzvah. So in the aggregate... All the mitzvahs, all the good deeds that every human being has done since the beginning of time accumulates and brings more godly energy into the world. Now, we can't always see it. In fact, most of the time we don't see the changes in the world that have taken place, the spiritual changes, because if we would have seen it over the years that every time we do a mitzvah, every time we do a good deed, By the way, the word mitzvah does not mean good deed. Mitzvah is a good deed. It means every time we fulfill a divine commandment, we bring the divine energy and light into this world in a way that it's beneath the surface. Because if it would be on the surface, every person would only be able to do good. Because you would see every mitzvah you do, you bring this light into the world. Every transgression that you commit, you bring darkness into the world. Everyone would notice that and no one would have any free choice. So the way God operates is to give us the means to bring the world to its fulfillment. And when we accumulate enough goodness in this world, enough spiritual energy, that brings about the messianic age. However, that master plan could take longer than it was intended because we still have free choice so we could decide one generation that we're not going to do anything good and the majority of people are going to be evil. So there's a need for some movement that pushes us over the top, and that's the role of Mashiach. Now let me let me go a little bit more into what Mashiach's role is. You know, there's this big debate between right and left. Are human beings inherently good or are human beings inherently evil? Some people say we're inherently good. It's a society that ruins everything. I don't know how society ruins everything if everyone is inherently good. But that's the theory. The other side says, no, we're inherently evil. We need society to intervene, to legislate laws. We need to have uh, criminals held responsible and so on and so forth. So the question is, what does Judaism say? And the answer is Judaism agrees with both sides and disagrees with both sides. We are a three-tiered existence, we have the conscious, the obvious level of our, of our consciousness. Then we have beneath the surface, the subterranean level. And then we have our essence. When we talk about what's beneath the surface, you can have a person who may be good on the surface, but beneath the surface, that person is an evil, rotten person. And that's why you can't just trust every human being and say, well, a person will grow up and be a good person. Because why, why should he not be a good person? We're inherently good. No, we're, inherently, we're not inherently good. Beneath the surface, there's a lot of negativity, a lot of evil. But if you could go through to the core, to the very essence of our existence, the very essence is positive, is holy, is divine. And therefore, what do great leaders accomplish? Great leaders in the world of evil and parallel to that in the world of goodness. In the world of evil great evil leaders. When I say great, I mean powerful evil leaders. What they are able to do is galvanize their nation into doing evil. How so? By touching the beneath the surface evil that lurks there. And if they could ignite that evil, which people all have beneath the surface, they could create a following of thousands and millions, perhaps, of people who will do whatever they want them to do, no matter how evil. Look what had happened in Germany. Germany was the place where, in all areas of science, of philosophy, of the humanities, they were at the top of the world, and it came. they were law-abiding citizens. Germans were the most law-abiding citizens. And what did Hitler do? He galvanized them into becoming the most murderous nation in history. PhDs, doctors, lawyers, Actors, every imaginable profession that were sophisticated and advanced turned into monsters almost overnight because some leader, evil leader, was able to touch the the beneath-the-surface evil of these people. So on the surface, these were good people mostly. They were good citizens, you'd say, but it didn't make them good because they didn't have the ability to withstand the pressure from this evil individual who was able to touch beneath the surface good leaders on the other hand find the beneath the surface positive energy because we have both and they're able to touch the hearts the souls beneath the surface levels of all the people in their communities and their nation and bring out the best in people. And sometimes you find people that you don't think of as being very smart or very good people, and all of a sudden they shine because someone had the ability. It doesn't have to be a leader. Everyone is a leader in a certain sense over a certain number of people. But it was someone who was able to touch the the beneath-the-surface goodness. Mashiach will be the one human being born of of a mother and father in the natural way, of flesh and blood. If he cut his finger, it'll bleed. This Mashiach is someone who reaches the pinnacle of spiritual perfection because he is in touch with not only his subterranean goodness, but with the very core of his existence, the very essence of his soul. And he could ignite the essence of the soul of every one of his followers and of the whole world and that way he can change the whole world. But Mashiach is not going to do it single-handedly because in order for him to touch our souls, we have to develop the critical mass of goodness, of divinity in this world. And through our own efforts, we empower Mashiach. We ignite his own essence to enable him to do what he has to do. It's like the whole world is, and all people, human beings, are part of one organism. And in every every organism, everything that you do for one organ, part of the organism helps and brings good health to every other organism. And the brain, of course, and the heart are the most important. Well, there are brain souls, and there are heart souls, and there are toenail souls. And the brain souls are the ones that influence all the other souls and bring them all together. Mashiach, or other great leaders for that matter, are the brain souls, are able to unite people, to galvanize people, to ignite the good or the evil in people. Mashiach is the ultimate brain soul who will be able to gather all of the people that he leads, which is all of the Jewish people and by extension all of humanity, and bring out the best in them, but what empowers Mashiach to do that, you have to have a healthy body. It's like, and they tell us, that if you do good, a lot of exercise, it, it helps your brain. Now, we know that the brain helps the rest of the body, but we also know that the rest of the body helps the brain. So when we accumulate critical mass of mitzvahs, of good deeds, that bring divine energy into this world, and we, therefore, do our exercise... Spiritually speaking, of course, we empower Mashiach to finish the job and to ignite the core of our existence into a world of irreversible peace and love and divinity. The reason why it's irreversible is because in the process of all of the millennia of our observance of the mitzvot, of the commandments, and bringing God into this world, what we're accomplishing, the Kabbalists tell us, is the separation of good from evil. When Adam and Eve partook of the forbidden tree, what they did is they took evil that was outside of them and they intermingled it with good. So everything in this world is an admixture of good and evil. Every time you do something positive, you cause the separation to take place. And when we have enough of those good deeds, enough of those mitzvot performed, the separation will be complete. When the separation is complete, evil can't really endure for very long because evil needs to be its siphoning off some of its energy. It's a, it's a leech. It's a uh, parasite that takes and sucks some of its energy from the forces of goodness. But when you separate the two, evil will only Last for a very short period and eventually will completely be eradicated. And that's the ultimate goal of the Messianic Age. But that all happens through God empowering us, giving us the tools, the commandments, empowering us, giving us the soul powers to accomplish all the good things that we accomplish. And it's going to change gradually because it has been changing from the beginning of time. So it is an evolutionary process because all the good that we do is accumulating, but ultimately we'll be pushed over the top by this one very formidable Jewish leader called Mashiach, who will ignite the inner souls of every individual and bring us into this glorious age of redemption. May we experience this imminently. Thanks for listening to The Rabbi Greenberg Show.